So, uh, I just want to jump right in. Guess who back? Guess who back? Guess okay, who or back? I won't jump right in. I'll let, I'll let you do your thing first. <laughs> it's good to be back, man. It, it is feels good like to be we've back. Been gone it's, forever. It, it's great to be back. Um, but here's something that's not so great. So, Ooh. my daughter is a huge fan of Sesame Street. Awesome. And she is demanding when we drive now to listen to Sunny Days. She wants to hear Sunny Days. Sunny Days. I used to be able to play that on a keyboard. Oh. Yeah, it was like the only song I ever learned. Thank you, Trevor Hollick, for teaching me that. There you I go. can't do it anymore, but I used to be able to play. We'll get there. The original. They changed that, though, didn't they? No. Oh, they, okay. It's the same song. It's just they, they redo, re-record right. it every now and then. So anyway, okay. she wants to listen to it while driving. So I'm like, okay. I opened up YouTube, and I'm like, okay, let's, let's go to it. Sure. And much to my dismay, uh, there were... Something in the range of 10,000 people giving the Sesame Street theme song the thumbs down. Why? That's what I want to know. It's a great song. It's a great song. Upbeat. Upbeat. Public television at its best. Brings back... Well, not so public now that's on HBO. (laughs) I mean, you know. 10,000 thumbs down on sunny days. Why? I don't know. What do you got against sunny days, people? No, there's nothing wrong with that. That's what I want to know. It's a great song. Now, I uh, we just took uh, our oldest daughter, who's almost three, to Sesame Place. Oh, that's awesome. On the outskirts of Trenton, New Jersey. (laughs) <laughs> Beautiful. No, it's in Pennsylvania, <laughs> right across the border. Um, but okay. a little theme park, perfect for you know ages three through six. Great. And uh, I I heard Sunny Days probably forty times throughout the day. <laughs> we actually spent right. like eight hours in there. I wasn't expecting that. Okay. I'm still giving it a thumbs up. And did you it, ask? It would have driven me crazy. Did you ask anyone at Sesame Place like, hey, this thing's getting ten thousand thumbs down? Can you tell me why? So, all the employees at Sesame Place. From what I gather, don't want to be there. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's all it's all like either it's high school Disney seniors World. or uh, you know college home from summer type job. It's not Disney World, is what no, you're saying. Yeah. No, it's not. Um, it was funny. So we we did this thing called Elmo the Musical, which is a segment nowadays on Sesame Street episodes. Cool. Where they they you know they'll do like Indiana Jones as a musical and redo it for like the letter F. Okay. Well, you know. Sure. Sure. Great. F is for fear of snakes. Fear of that's good. That's good. <laughs> Thanks. There you go. I was gonna say find the ark. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Um so we did Elmo the musical and on you know, on the side of the stage is like an employee and sh- her entire job is basically to keep the door shut so no one else comes into the theater while the okay. performance. Okay. Sure. But like in between, like when they're doing the use your imagination to fly like an airplane i look over there and she's got her arms up and she's just like looking up like bored as all hell but still like (laughs) arms up and pretending to fly like this and that i'm doing it and uh, yeah exactly just going through the motions and i'm just like man what a soul crushing job this must be but what an amazing place for those three to six year olds they don't know they don't know half of it. They can't read her face. No, no, not at all. And I loved that uh, Diana loved, that's my daughter, for those of you who aren't keeping track, um, loved the fast rides and like the roller coastery oh, type cool. rides. So, like, yeah, that were, you know, she was probably a couple of years younger than most other people on those rides. Awesome. But she loved them. 
It was, was tall great. enough to ride the ride? It was great. I'm just saying. A lot of them have the thing, like, you must be this tall to ride the ride. Oh, so most of them were <laughs> sa- said you must be uh, three feet tall or have or be with a parent. And okay. she is, like, 37 inches. She's just over the three feet cool. mark. Um, so I still went with her, but, you know, it was it was fun. But, yeah, some of those rides, I was even, uh, I got a thrill on. Yeah. It was it was it was pretty fun. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Well, there's like there's like one that's kind of like a mini Tower of Terror type thing <laughs> that's okay. that you it takes you like eight feet. No, I would <laughs> probably say like two and a half, three stories. Wow, okay. It gets up there. And then it just drops you down, you know, and you get yeah. the butterflies and all that kind of stuff. That's cool. And uh yeah, so even from such a short distance, you still get that little bit of a rush. It's still somewhat of a free fall. Yeah. Well, strapped in to a very <laughs> secure thing, free fall. Of Although course. it was scary. Um, I was sitting in that seat, and uh, before we went in, or, or we're all sitting in our seats, and then the girl comes down and like makes sure all of our safety harnesses are in. Sure. And then we're waiting for like two minutes, and then she's like, "I don't have the green light." Uh oh. I don't have the green light, and she comes around like three times and makes sure all the safety harness. And then she goes, "I I'm gonna, I need to get my supervisor because something may be broken." Uh-oh. And I'm sitting there strapped in. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, okay. I mean, it's not a fall that will kill me, but it'll definitely hurt." Yeah. Um, the supervisor had to have been maybe 19 <laughs> at most. I'm like, "Yeah, I'm trusting my family's life to this sure. Poindexter over here." <laughs> he was off popping zits in the back, and then, "Oh, whoa! I need to make sure people aren't going to die. Let me go do that real quick." And then we did the ride. Everything was fine. The supervisor just pressed the button. Supervisor makes twelve dollars an hour. Yeah, yeah, something, something around that. But yeah, Sesame Place, good time. Sesame Street, good theme. I don't know why all these people are giving it the thumbs down. You know, it's funny. You just mentioned the uh, the strapped in thing. I just saw a Kevin Hart thing the other day. I forget who he's with. Maybe a Jimmy Fallon or a or a Conan or some kind of late night thing. Okay. Where he was going on a roller coaster with someone. Okay. I think it was Jimmy Fallon. So he gets on the roller coaster. He's walking. They're doing the whole walk up. They go past everybody in line. He walks up and they they stop Kevin Hart and go, "Excuse me, sir." You you must be this tall. (laughs) (laughs) And it's obviously a setup. It was funny. He turns and just kicks the thing over. No, no, shut up. You know. How tall is he? I want to say three foot six. Was he tall? Well, no, not three foot six. He ain't no dwarf. It's a joke. Is that still far off? That's politically correct, right? Dwarf Dwarf is okay. That's still okay. You can't say midget. I, you're the one who just said it. No, I'm saying that's a bad word, and, and they like. They hey, pref- I could give you several examples little of, people. of bad words, but I'm not going to say you them usually right now do on the, on the show. show. Usually, you, that's what you specialize in, in bad words on the show. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that you bleeped that out for the public because that was uh, that's that one's up there. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Notice I'm not saying any of these because I know in post you're gonna delete uh, you'll you'll bleep yours and not mine. <laughs> Try one. Try one. Ha! <laughs> you can't say that on television. We're not on TV. No, not at all. You can say whatever you want in a podcast. Oh, that's true. Speaking of saying anything you want. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I better not forget any of no, these. I really hope you don't. Let me tell you. Your face is as red as your jersey right now. I'm rocking the jersey today. Look at you. Yeah. So you can explain some of this because I've told you this story probably a dozen times when it comes to this team and this jersey. Would you like to explain any of it? Uh, I'll be Frank. Who's I, Frank? I, I Be Mike. You're a better Mike than you are Frank. I'm a better Mike than I am. 
too, but Oh Jesus. <laughs> you know, back in the old days, I would have had a rim shot in there on the show. You know, we were putting in all that post stuff. So um <sighs> yeah, I'll be I'll be frank though. I kind of tuned out halfway through that story. Why? It was a great story. It was a great story. But the middle part, yeah. you kind of lost me a little bit. How? How? You I love was, baseball. We were talking while playing video games, and I was starting to take free throws, so I took my, <laughs> my headset off in the middle of that story. You always do. You have no concentration. I, look, don't talk during a, a person's free throw, whether yeah. it's uh, in person Ooh. or on video games. Save that for your gentleman's tip. Okay. I just gave my gentleman's tip early. Okay, fair enough. Don't talk during someone else's free so throw. So the Portland Mavericks. Yeah. There's a great... Uh, I forget the name of the... Uh, documentary that's okay. out there but basically back in the i want to say it's the 70s when minor league baseball was all over the place independent leagues were everywhere there were probably a hundred teams across the country that were minor league baseball and major league baseball had no connection to these minor league teams they they pulled the talent pool right but they weren't a direct connection to these minor league teams right and then they said you know what we're going to make sure every single minor league team has an affiliate they work with at the major league level makes so, sense yeah, so all these teams across the country did this, except for one. And that's the, the Mavericks. Portland Mavericks. Yeah, that's the jersey you're wearing right it was, now. It was another Portland name, too. I forget what the name of the team was. So the guy who buys this team is a Hollywood actor. He's, a, he's on uh, Bonanza. He's the sheriff on Bonanza. Ooh. Right? And his last name is Russell. Okay. He brings his son, who's playing baseball. Uh-huh. His son's Kurt Russell. Nice. Right, so Kurt thinks he might be playing some some minor league baseball. He's really not that good a player, but he's, he's a solid ball player. Okay. But he builds his team. Kurt Russell refuses to buy into the major league baseball program. Just for what purpose? Because he's a maverick. Ah, hence... He's, hence. he's a uh, uh, an odd guy. His guys are allowed full beards, don't care. Whatever. Long hair, who cares? Yeah, it's just the Yankees with that bullshit anyways. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, he, baseball was trying to clean up their act a little bit, and he was going, you know what, guys? This is a place if you want a shot at the bigs, cool, come play. If you're past that and you just want to play baseball, cool, come play. Oh, okay. I'm going to pay you like 400 bucks a week. You're going to play baseball, and you're going to just love life playing baseball. That's more than we get playing softball. Right. And they're better than we are playing softball. I, uh, I don't know about that. We're three and six, dude. It's not I, pretty. I don't know about that. So <laughs> Is there a division below ours? No. So we are literally the worst team in the worst division. Yes, currently. Yeah. But I, I tell and who's you though, our pitcher? With that's me. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm not responsible for all the losses though. No, no, that although, would be our, that would be our shortstop. Although I am for the wins. So Oh, fair enough. Um so anyway, back to the Mavericks here. He ends up building this team of ragtag guys. Have fun, play the game the way you want to play it. Okay. And loud, like unleash the players to have a good time. Unleash the Mavericks. <laughs> and they win. Ooh. And they win. Ooh. And they continue to win. Definitely not us. The best part is they get this phone call from a guy named Jim Bouton. New York Yankees Jim Bouton. Yeah. Right? The guy was a dominant pitcher in the major leagues who got blackballed from the major leagues for writing a uh, a book. Okay. That called out all the BS in, in all of uh, Major League Baseball. Oh, that's a shame. So Russell just says, you know what? Come on up. You were had this multi-million dollar contract, and now you're going to be making 400 bucks a week. 400 bucks a week. And he goes, you know what? Can't wait. Can't wait to be there. Love it. They win the division. Nice. After they win the whole thing, Major League Baseball takes them to court. And they say, hey, look, we need you to sell the team back to Major League Baseball. And we're going to give you like $20,000. <laughs> Ooh. And, and it's mid-70s. It's a good chunk of change. Ooh. And he goes, you're, you're missing a zero in there. It yeah. It should be $200,000. There you go. 
he wins. Nice. He takes his money. He goes home. These guys all disperse. They go all over the place. And this is the crazy part. The new team wasn't called the Mavericks. They were called like the Beavers or something. You know, something Sounds silly. Sounds about right. Yeah. They lost more than half of their season ticket holders. The team started going down, down, down because nobody wanted to be a part of it anymore. Good. It was part of the establishment now. Good. Fuck the Beavers. So I love... We- okay. I-, <laughs> <laughs> I love wearing this jersey as uh-huh. a- is my nod to someone who stood by his love of baseball. That's great. Just to play ball. Love that. So that's my little my little story that's, for the jersey. That's the beauty of baseball. Do you watch the uh, the All-Star game no. this week? No? No. Do you, get into, you don't get into the All-Star I game? I don't get into the All-Star game. There were a good amount of Cubs there. It's Yeah, there are. But it's just... It's a BS game. It you know, is. like... Play the game. Play the game like Pete Rose played the All-Star game, and we'll have a game. I'm glad that they took away the whole this game matters bullshit. Like, putting home field advantage in the World Series. I like the concept. It's a great concept, but don't do it based on an exhibition. Do it like you used to. The problem is, why do they care? The concept is great. Paycheck? You get a bigger paycheck if you win? I don't know if they do. You probably get a bigger paycheck if you win. You would think. Yeah. But to them, what's your bigger paycheck? 20 grand? Yeah, probably. For a guy who's making, you know, $73 million contract. But it's a fine. So it, it gives him it's the a opportunity. Free, a free fine. Yeah, no, yeah. It goes out there. It gives him <laughs> the opportunity to get fined and not, not get paid for it. I miss or, Albert Or not Bell. have to pay for it. So when a batter gets up and a guy jacks a home run uh-huh. and takes his time slowly trotting on the box, showing up the pitcher, he should be plunked. He should be hit. Sure. The minute that happens now in baseball, warning, warning. Both sides get warned. You're not allowed. <laughs> wee, wee, wee. I like, warning, warning. Danger, Will Robinson. You know? Yeah. Don't be a bunch of wimps and tell me that because baseball needs to protect those athletes who are multi-million dollar entities now. Look, don't be a jerk and show people up. That's part of the game. Yeah, well, when I, I give them a warning, they're still going to throw at them and still get ejected. And well, then they made the all-star team and they get a fine. Like what? The umpire should be turning to that batter who's all mad and about to charge a mound and go, you shouldn't have shown him up. That's the respect of the game that's not taught in a lot of places anymore. When I talked True. to when I met George Foster. Now George uh-huh. Foster, who those who are not baseball fans, George Foster is one of the iconic home run hitters of the, the history of the game. Is that fair to say? Yes. At that point in time, he was as feared as feared can be. Because his last year was eighty six, was his last year playing baseball. Uh. He signed with the Mets that year. Yeah. They dished him off to the White Sox and he retired. But he got up to the plate early in the game. Guy grooved him a pitch. He went yard. Yeah. He puts one out of the park. He comes in and apologizes to the guy hitting behind him, figuring that guy's going to get plunked. Because uh, he should. In oh, every, uh, in, I don't know if he should. The guy, the guy throws him a strike. The guy, regular at bat. So George Foster goes, oh, crap. That means I'm getting plunked right next to bat. Uh-huh. I deserve it. I should get hit. Uh-huh. He gets up. He gets in the box. He scrunches up. And he's waiting, just waiting to get hit. The guy throws him a, a pee right down the middle of the plate. Uh. And he's like, what What the hell's going on? It was gone. That arrow was gone where he was supposed to get hit. And it kind of took him out of the game a little bit. <laughs> so, But I did ask him I never, about... I've never heard of somebody's career ending by not getting hit by the pitch. Well, it didn't end by that. I mean, he just it was at the end of his career anyway. And this is not the game I love no more. <laughs> Gotta get out of here. People get so mad. Like, oh, you could kill a guy. Well, that's part of the game. It's same with Same with football. Same with hockey. You can, there's a way to kill a guy on the on the game. It's not what they're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. I but mean, I Randy mean, Johnson trying to kill a bird. That was a whole other discussion, that too. That bird shouldn't have hit that home run in its previous <laughs> flight. <laughs> shouldn't he, have laid that egg in that previous flight. You know, that guy took so much of a beating for hitting that bird. Like, he could control it. Randy Johnson, big, strong pitcher, right? 100-mile-an-hour pitcher. Guy was like six foot eight. You know, he's a monster. 
The unit, the big unit. Yes, Randy Johnson. You can put that together for yourself. The big unit. <laughs> Bird flies across the strike zone. Just couldn't have been more perfect timing, but no one was trying to hit a bird. No one was trying. The bird wasn't trying to die. He was just flying. You can't hit a moving, a moving target the size of a bird with a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. He wanted to throw a strike. There were probably two strikes there. He was probably pissed that he got a ball. He was. He was what is that? Is that a ball? Is that a no pitch? I think it was a no pitch. Is that what happened? Yeah, I think it was a no pitch. It's interference. The ball still crossed the plate. It bounced over the plate. <laughs> it still made it. The I do bird didn't. I bounced the ball over it the was just like a, It was just like a puff of feathers. That was hilarious. It, it, was, it was sad, and Randy Johnson felt really bad about it. He killed the bird. Didn't intend to, but he, he, it's like when you're driving down the road and a squirrel jumps out in front of you, and you, you feel bad, yep. but it's what happens. And I actually had – there was like a time where – I hit, I drove into birds. I've done that too. It happened four times. Oh my God, it only happened to me once. No, four times. Lori was in the car for three of them. And the fourth wow. one was the most recent one, and she wasn't in the car. Wow. It's What are the odds that you're going to drive into four different birds mid-flight? Oh, it was a mid-flight. Oh, they're always mid-flight. It's not like they're just like sitting squawking and like, didn't take off on time. No, I'm talking like, like kamikaze bird. Flew into my windshield. Like straight at you. Sometimes perpendicular, but yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's wow. happened. When I had my pickup truck, okay. thank God my window was up. Uh-huh. I had an owl Ooh. fly into Ooh. the passenger. <laughs> I don't know who he was. Uh. It flew into the passenger window okay. of the truck uh-huh. and bounced off. I was on the highway. What? He would have ended up in my lap if that window was open. <laughs> His timing was so perfect as he flew by and he bounced off. My w- I saw him the last second. I turned and looked and I saw his face <laughs> right into the window. Was he just like, woo? No, he was like coming at me. You know, I couldn't figure it out. Like, do I look like a mouse? I don't understand. Some owls look scary as hell. They do. Right? They're creepy looking. They're creepy, especially the flat faced ones. The other one was only about 50 yards from the same location on Super 7. Okay. In Brookfield. Weird. Um, I was following, this is, God, this has got to be almost 20 years ago. I'm driving behind this guy who was really slow in the slow lane. He was uh-huh. probably doing like 40. Uh-huh. And he was slowing down. And I was like, what's this guy doing? What an asshole. So I, I pass him legally. Good. I move around to pass him. Yep. And as I gun it to go by him, I'm kind of looking at him like, what's with you, buddy? <laughs> and, I, and he looks at me like, what are you doing? Please tell me you're going to hit some ducks. Geese. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're walking across the highway. <laughs> <laughs> you know the explosion of feathers that Randy Johnson had? Oh, yeah. Same thing happened, but I took out like mama and like oh. four babies oh, behind no. it. They were right in my lane. Did you feel remorse? I felt awful. Oh. I felt absolutely awful. Oh. There were feathers everywhere. Poor, poor family. I, I destroyed a family of geese. I hope they. I hope you got them all because that would be awful to be a I survivor. Think I, I don't think I did. It's probably oh, like one baby wandering around. Like what happened? They oh just, no! They just spontaneously combusted oh, the entire. My heart th- goes out to that baby. Oh, goose. it was awful. Wow. Awful experience. So wow. yeah. Look at you and I just taking out the bird just population. Just killing birds left and right. Awful. Feel oh, terrible. Well, uh, and and you know what? The worst part is we didn't even make Sports Center for when we did it. Right. Like our good friend, well, the big it unit. Wasn't really a sport. I will tell you that I <laughs> <laughs> that I did see, and I'm a nerd. You know that. Um, uh-huh. But I look for fun stuff to watch on Netflix or whatever. Uh-huh. There's a new documentary called Bird Brain. And I was like, oh, let me watch this. This is kind of <laughs> cool. They're going to test and see how smart birds are. Uh-huh. And th- that they have an emotional uh, component. 
Really? Yeah, it's really kind of wild. I'm going to have to watch this. It's, it was worth watching, but what really I was all excited about, you know, I at work, in my other job, I raise a couple of peacocks, a peacock uh-huh. and a peahen. The show opens up with a peacock spreading its feathers. And Let's I was like, go. oh, we're going to talk peacocks. Yes. It was meant to be. That was all they showed of peacocks. Oh. Uh, I was really disappointed. For the entire was, series? It was all about crows uh-huh. and ravens and parrots. Well, those are the smartest birds. The smartest peacocks fall into the dumbass category. They're with more chickens like turkeys and, and chickens, which yeah. are fairly intelligent. No, but no, they are fairly no. intelligent. Chickens are the stupidest. Stupid. No, no. You no. There is zero possibility of any sort of intelligence. Chickens can play tic tac toe. Chickens are stupid. That's pretty impressive. Knowing how to play a game. No, chickens are stupid. Okay, they are. If you honestly think that chickens are intelligent, then I am seriously questioning your standards. A chicken can beat you playing tic tac toe. No, a chicken could not beat me. Oh, let's go. Let's go right now. Well, okay, go find me a tic tac toe playing chicken right now. In New now. York City. Go. Okay, so we're just going to go to New York City yes. right now and play tic tac toe. Yes. So there's one chicken. So the exception, not the rule. The rest of them are fucking stupid. <laughs> so so stupid. The only reason to have chickens are to eat ticks and to lay eggs and then to die and you eat them because they're delicious. There's The chickens have very, very little use but on this not, earth. They're not the smartest animal. I'll give you that. They're not even close <laughs> to being in the middle of the pack. So how would you feel if a chicken could beat you playing tic-tac-toe? It can't. What if it did? I find it interesting that the end-all, be-all of intelligence to you is tic-tac-toe. <laughs> There's a lot of five-year-olds really good at tic-tac-toe. Uh, are they smart? Well. Could they beat you? It's possible. <laughs> well, that sucks for you, but I am not losing tic-tac-toe to a kid or a chicken. How would you respond if you lost a game of tic-tac-toe to a chicken? I'd snap the fucker's neck and eat it. <laughs> <laughs> if you want my honest assessment of the situation. So if you find something is smarter than you, you want to kill it. No, not necessarily. Well, that's what you just said you'd do. No, if it was a chicken because I could just strangle the damn thing. <laughs> well, you could strangle people too. I'm just saying. Nah, but they fight back. The chicken can't fight back when you're strangling It'll the chicken. It'll peck at you and claw No, it's you. fine. I've, I've had, look, you're talking to a guy who's had chickens. I understand. They are I dumb. I understand that. They are dumb. If you don't give them rocks, little rocks. Yeah. They will kill themselves trying to eat. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how they work. That's dumb. They're stupid. They'll so, eat anything so and the- be like, did you give me a rock? <laughs> and if it's like, no, sorry, we're all out of rocks, then they're dead. It's like, okay. It's weird. They're dumb. They're there's stupid. There's something else going on. Anyway. They're stupid. Yeah, there's something else so going these, on. So right. these crows and ravens, there was one of them that these people had like as pets. One uh-huh. of them lost its mate, and they had like the, you know, the cone of shame they put on a dog. They had this on a crow because it was plucking its own feathers out because it was so emotionally hurt that it lost its mate. Aww. Um, and they had another one. They did a test where they put a fake dead crow on a road oh. nearby where some other crows were, where there was a murder of crows nearby. A murder is a group of crows. <laughs> and it's, it's not just <laughs> some asshole who lost a tic-tac-toe killing a bunch of birds. Right, exactly. That's, uh, that, that's so... This murder of crows all comes by. Within like 10 to 15 minutes, this dead bird has a surrounding of all these other crows. A like support all group? up in the trees. Yeah. It's all a crow like, support group. Yeah. Love that. So anything you find that has groups like that, there's a meaning to why they have groups. Oh, yeah. And there's a group dynamic. And they yeah. found the group dynamic within some of these birds. They had them doing problem solving. So they put um, a peanut inside of a plexiglass box with a few different ways to access it. Okay. And these birds were finding ways. They were picking up a stick to push the thing over through a hole. Spoiler alert. 
amazing. Spoiler alert. It's still worth watching. Yeah. All right. I'm. I'm so I'm just saying it's kind of cool to watch. Why are we talking about birds so much on the show? I don't. Well, a you have you have um you have a new cock that you like to show people. Easy. And am I it's wrong? A, it's a peacock. Am I wrong? Peacock. Okay. And a peahen. I who's sitting on five eggs right now. Five eggs. Five eggs. Mm. We should have babies in a matter of weeks. Is she is all five of them you think are going to hatch? I, well, here's the deal. She's laid about 10 since she's been there. And the other one she kind of ignored. Like she knew uh-huh. what's fertile, what's not. I'm not saying that all five of these are fertile. We didn't candle the eggs because she just decided to start her nest and start laying these eggs in her nest. Uh huh. And they go 28 to 30 days before you see a peach egg. Nice and quick. Yeah. So I like that. I'm excited about that. Well, it was nice and quick from Frank, too, when he. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, to That's put the it. Cock? It's the peacock. Uh-huh. To put it in the terms of grumpy old men, when he mounted her? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one of the great movies, man. Grumpy now, old man is a good I, movie. It is. It is. But before we go on to that, I'm just curious. Yeah. Was there like a, a live stream or anything of no. this peacock? No. Mounting? No. No? It's very quick. Well, I, I gathered, which is why I'm just yeah. like, if you had like a GoPro setup. Don't we have calls to get to or something to get us out of this? We we do. We do. But while we're on the topic. Oh, boy. Okay. When I was in Pennsylvania, I saw a store. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, this actually has very little to do with the last topic. So you're you're safe. It's Great. okay. It's okay. Great. I saw a store. It was a beef jerky outlet. Really? It was called the beef jerky outlet. Look at you perk up. Oh, I'm excited really, for that. Really? Really? Really. Peacock jerky is available, by the way, if you wanted any. It was a delicacy back in the Middle Ages, by the way. I'm more of an that. ostrich guy as far as eating birds is concerned. I'm, ostrich is a red meat. It's beautiful. Oh, delicious. Delicious. Yeah. Delicious. Um, but yeah. It got Very us lean. to thinking. We see the uh, the beef jerky outlet now. By definition, um, does that mean this is like last season's beef jerky? <laughs> beef jerky stays for a long time though, too. Right, but but if it's an outlet, that yeah. means it's like on a date. Yeah, it's yeah. either added or it's like jerky that or people the didn't end want. of life. Or do you think that's just the name? Like, what do you expect when you see beef jerky outlet? I think I'm stopping the car. Well, when obviously I see beef you walk outlet. in the door, but what do you, yeah. what are your expectations walking in that door? I think there's going to be a mix of some stuff that's close to the end of its date with <laughs> some that the fact that they're going to push some new stuff too. Okay, they're a little bit of everything beef jerky. That's my expectation. The outlet thing is what threw me off because it's just sure. like. This is last season's beef jerky that nobody wanted. But beef jerky stays forever. Yeah. That stuff is good for a long time. Right, but what kind of flavors aren't going to be selling? Like, this would have been an awesome story had you stopped. It, it would have, yeah. but I, it's, I, I, I think it still warrants discussion. So you don't know if they had peacock store. jerky. Well, the sign said beef. They could have. But screw peacock. I hope there was venison jerky. I love venison Ooh, jerky. that's good stuff. Venison jerky. Ever tell you when stuff. I was down in Mississippi? Ooh. They, they must uh, love their jerky. Well, it wasn't jerky. They they came into uh, you know I was, <laughs> Just, I was Santa Claus in the mall, and uh-huh. one of the women who works there walked in the morning. She said, "Hey, uh, I brought you some breakfast." I said, "Really? That's amazing. Was Thank it you." A rabbit? No squirrel. She made homemade biscuits. Oh, with venison sausage. Very nice. No egg. It was just venison and biscuit. Uh huh. And I went, "Oh my god!" She goes, "Do you like deer meat?" And I go. I love I, how they just call it deer meat. I said, you, I said, I love venison. It's something I, I get all the time at home when I can. She what's goes, venison? Did she, she goes, say what's venison? No. She goes, oh. we don't use the fancy terms down here. <laughs> That's deer meat. I go, so what's a hamburger made of? And cow. she goes, cow meat. Oh. Yeah. I was like, That's amazing. You wow. guys are fantastic. And it was some of the best venison I've ever had. Oh, I'm sure. Outstanding. Venison can go both ways. It can. It can really go both ways. It can be really bad. 
Yeah, like super gamey venison. Yeah. Not as good. I love uh, venison sausage. I don't know if you can make a bad sausage, though, out of it. I don't think that's possible. It's pretty good. But like the venison steak. Yeah. yeah you can have one that's a little too gamey. Yeah. Or if it's not cooked right or marinated right. Right. You can't just... A cow meat, for example. Salt, pepper, <laughs> grill. Delicious. Here's the fun part. Venison, I don't you know. And I, you and I vary a little bit on this. I appreciate when it's marinated properly and it's great and it's a good venison steak. I can take a venison steak out of the packaging and get it from deer and slap it on the grill and not put any salt and pepper not put any other thing on it and eat that and i think it'll be delicious really yeah oh nah, yeah you gotta season it a I'm, little I'm bit saying i appreciate both yeah but i can i can certainly appreciate just the meat for the flavor it is and that's a whole discussion i've had with people this is a whole other topic let's run into this go i knew a guy who went on a job interview that was at dinner it was a dinner uh-huh. he had to sit down with his prospective boss and they ordered food and they started eating their their dinner. That's a risky job interview. I like it. It's I love that idea. That's a good idea. And the guy said, um, "You're not going to salt your food." And he said, "I don't normally salt my food. Why do you ask?" And he said, "It's the number one telltale sign that he won't hire someone if, if they, they salt their food. If they salt their food before Bef- they taste it." Yes. Yes. So uh, brilliant. Guilty. Brilliant. Guilty, because you, but yes, don't, you do don't know the seasoning. You don't know the level don't of seasoning. don't know what it is. Why yeah. would you salt it before you even taste it? It drives me nuts when people do that. That's a really good tell. Smart little tell in that an interview. Re- and there's yeah. your gentleman tip for the day. Oh, that's good. I think, all right, we got so them we, out of the way. We don't have to worry about gentleman tips don't anymore. Don't salt your food till you taste it. Don't. That's a good tip. Yeah. Don't salt your food till because, you taste it. And, and the reason that this, this boss had said this is why, he said because you do things by habit. Not because you're thinking about them. Uh-huh. When you salt your food before you taste it. That's a habit. It's a habit. Uh-huh. We don't want habits in the workplace. We want people to think about their process. That's genius. Pretty smart. That's kind of like the, um, there, was, there was a question that was being asked at the, uh, the NBA pre-draft combine or whatever. Right. And they always ask these stupid questions. <laughs> right. Well, to get the answers, and well. I'm sure there's a reason for them. But one yeah. of the questions was, if you were the size of a pencil and you were stuck in a blender, how would you get out? Ooh. Right. You know what my answer is? What is your answer? I'm seven feet tall and can dunk the fucking basketball. <laughs> Give me twelve million dollars. <laughs> like, what the hell do you care? Size of a pencil and the you're size in a blender. Of a pencil. Yeah. Is there, there's got to be more information. That no, that was it. That was the entire question. Well, you'd swim to the top and climb out. They wanted, they wanted the whatever your thought process might be. You swim to the top and get out. Right. Turn because on the blender is not the answer. You can't because you're inside the blender. That's not. That's not the answer. Call for help. Yeah. Call for a teammate. I don't know. Yell for help. I don't know what the answer is, but but, but what, so hopefully there'd be a full blender and you can swim to the top. If it's an empty yeah. blender and you're just standing in there, it's not dangerous till somebody comes by and you can go, hey, uh, I'm in here. There you go. I'm a pencil-sized person. I I did uh, one time. There was a a job I worked at. I'm not going to tell you where it was. But the guy uh, who was interviewing, uh, for some reason, it's just like, yeah, the guy at the absolute top of the food chain is going to interview like the the peasants they're trying to hire. Okay. Didn't matter what. And he would sit there and just tap his pen. Ooh. And just wait. And just and Michael Scott style, just wait. Yeah. And he'd wait and look at you when he stopped? Yes. And it's just like, he wants you to make the first move. I'm like, what an yeah. asshole. Yeah, that is a Michael Scott move when he does his little technique there. Except the fact that Michael Scott goes, I <laughs> refuse to speak first. <laughs> like, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Nice try, Michael. But yeah, I just, I, I, I don't, 
when people think that they're so smart or they have this like little technique yeah. that they think it's just like come on guy yeah like i'm here to interview for this like minimum coffee running yeah. not even no intern oh. like not even minimum oh. wage you know it's yeah. like yeah what, what do you what do you play in mind games for just do you want me or not do you want me to slam dunk the basketball for you or not right right i don't want to be playing that i'm a pencil I don't want to be playing. <laughs> I'm a pencil. Yeah, absolutely. No one wants to play that. All, All right. right. So we got we got a call, don't we? It's been uh, a while. We've got to have a slew of calls. Let's see here. By the way, six three one seven Mike Mo. That's where you give us a call. Oh yeah, and you can call into the show. That's sponsored by the Candlewood Valley Country Club. Candlewood Valley Country Club, the number one place to go play golf, have some lunch, play a round of golf with your friends, have something to eat. Go hang out with my friends, Mike's friends, down at Candlewood Valley Country Club. These guys rock. Uh, they rock more than us because it took. <laughs> Almost forty minutes to talk about the sponsor. No, the sponsors can wait with a little on the show. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But I just want to make sure um, that you know we owe them to um, uh, different sponsorship placements. So I just want to make sure everyone knows that this show is sponsored by the Candlewood Valley Country Club. Candlewood Valley Country Club, the number one place to go play golf with your friends. Grab something <laughs> to eat. Grab a cool drink. Yeah, stop on by now. Friday nights, Thursday nights. Come on down with your friends. Come on down, play around at golf, have a good time. Bring the lady for ladies' night. Also a fun time down at Candlewood Valley Country. Club. They have a ladies' night. They do have a. What's going on at ladies' night? Oh, you bring your lady, you play some golf, you get something to eat, and have a drink, and our friends at Candlewood Valley Country Club. That was pretty good. Yeah, that's all right. 6317 Mike Ma. Uh, by the way, uh, big shout-out to Candlewood Valley Country Club. I, I played a round of golf with our friend Aaron A.A. Ron down there. A.A. Ron. A.A. Ron. I beat him by one stroke playing playing actual golf, not throwing extra strokes. <laughs> actual golf. Actual golf. It wasn't a pretty score. I shot a 53 in the front uh, after tr- after hitting a <laughs> 9 on the first hole. Oh, okay. So that's not all that bad. Honest golf. Forty-two on the last date. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's not too bad. It's not too good, but it's not too bad. No, for, it was my third time out on the year. No, second time out on the year playing golf. For a show sponsored by a, a golf course, we definitely are not getting. We are our due film. to go yeah. play around a golf on the yeah. course with our gear. So yeah. that's what we should be doing soon. Yeah, we'll do. We'll we'll, we'll get a show in anyway. Thanks, A. Ron. Hey, it's Liz. Uh, Mike, I was curious if you could talk to us about winning an Emmy. Or two, or however many that you have. Three. Is it as fun as it looks? The whole <laughs> night hobnobbing with celebrities and all that other fun stuff. Was it stressful? I want to hear about it. Also, um, when's Chris Hardwick going to be on the podcast? Yeah. Or <laughs> Andy Dick or Polly Shore for that matter. They already were. <laughs> love you guys. Bye. They already were. I love you too. Yeah. Um, so you, by the way, you need hi to go Liz. Back. I'm on the show too. <laughs> Nice of you. Thanks a lot. Appreciate the the shout out. Well, let's start there. Let's talk about your accolades. What is the number one moment in your life being honored, getting an award, something like that. Let's start there. Being sworn into office. Okay, you have to say that, but what's the real answer here? <laughs> what? That's it. No, no, no. I mean, like, you know, like a real, like an award, like for something that you actually did, something that you can equate to one of the three <laughs> Emmy Awards that okay. I'm about to talk about. I understand that the whole, you know, the public office thing, you're you're, you're being voted in. It's a whole, I understand that is the correct Pretty answer. amazing honor, yeah. That, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> But you know where I'm going with this, like, like with your, with your awards, which I'm looking at right now, which are beautiful. Mm, um, they're shiny. It's a different animal, like your head. It's a different animal. That's a that's a work recognition. That's that's outstanding. It's wonderful. It's right. a field that does that. Well, that's what I was trying to get. I don't. Into, I've though. never worked in a field that does that. Probably one of my coolest trophies I have is a plaque. Okay. Um, it was an MVP trophy from a from a softball game. Ooh, yeah. See, there you go. I, I mean, like that. To that's me, good. it was cool because I was a fire versus police game. I was on the fire department team and. Uh, and I was recognized. It really wasn't so much. I had like a three for four game. 
Um, I was pitching the game. It really wasn't like an outstanding game, uh-huh. but it was the team did well. We won, and no one was really an outstanding player, and it went to the pitcher. Okay. That's how it was worked. So Fair enough. It's a really cool thing to have um, along those lines that could be considered that way. I have a, uh, a wooden plate. A wooden it's like plate. A, it's like a plaque almost, but it's like a wooden plate. Okay. Um, that was handed to me by the Lions Club in Paraguay. Roar. Um, it's hand done. The whole thing is carved by hand. It's I beautiful. I like that. Um, but it was a thank you when I went down to Paraguay for the Gift of Sight mission, and we saw 25,000 people in the course of uh, two weeks there to get, put glasses on their face. So that was the most rewarding experience, but um, they didn't hand out the plate to everybody. Everybody didn't get a plate. I think it was just because I was the biggest guy. They didn't see anyone my size. <laughs> Down there before. Uh, so here's an award for being the biggest person we've ever seen. A plate for you to put all the food you require <laughs> on to maintain this size. They, I was like Andre the Giant was here. Like oh I was just head and shoulders above everybody there. I'm sure. It was uh, pretty impressive. But so but look, if you go down to Danbury, do you get that same vibe? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. No. I, I, look, I've never done anything on my own. Like uh, you, Whatever you do, as much as you do on your own, yeah. um, it's, there's people around that make that happen. You never do anything by yourself. There's a team that makes things happen with everything I've done. Nothing's ever been individual achievement. So I can't really relate to that. Yeah. Um, I suppose. The businesses I've done. The, the Emmys are all part of teams, though. I wasn't the only one up on stage. No, that's great. That's great. That's I was the only one that produced March Madness in 2009. <laughs> the entire basketball <laughs> tournament. I filmed it. I broadcast it. I did the play-by-play. Um, no, that was actually had nothing to do with the broadcast. That was for an app. Um, right. It was. Uh, I was part of the team. Right. Keyword team uh, that did the first ever live stream of a sporting event to a mobile device. That's great. Change the game. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's a big deal. Everyone watches sports on their mobile devices now. Right. And then they, for some reason, then stream it back to their TV. So now we're back on TV. <laughs> Groundbreaking. So there you go. Um, no, but it's it's it, it was cool. I mean the uh, the sports Emmy was really neat uh, because it's all sports personalities in New York. The other Emmy, uh, the primetime Emmy, so I was nominated for one and lost one of the primetime ones, but still got right. to go to the Governor's Ball and all that kind of stuff. The, um, the actual event that you see on TV is uh, boring. Sure. Right. So it's also edited down somewhat um, because they do the creative arts Emmys, and then they do the regular primetime Emmys, and only the end of it is what's live, right? Okay. So all the stuff beforehand, they pre-record it, and then they cut it into the show, and then they also broadcast it as a separate, you know, four-hour-long extravaganza of a show. Okay. Um, it's boring as hell. You're sitting there. You know you've been nominated. There's 50 awards before your nomination, at least with me, right? <laughs> So it's hurry up and wait. It's hurry. It's wait, 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 hurry up, wait, wait, wait some more. Right. Good thing is the champagne is flowing. Oh, boy. Bad thing is it ain't free. Bad thing is champagne is flowing, too. Yeah. So um, I don't probably. They don't provide champagne for you? They they do at the ball. Okay. They don't in the theater. (laughs) By the time you're done. (laughs) In the theater, 
Uh, it's eh, I mean, eight bucks a glass of champagne. It could be a lot worse, right? Sure. Especially with the people in that room, they could be charging a, a, a bunch more. Were you sitting um, near anyone important during any of these? Um, well, so I was sitting with uh, in in the last one. I was with the uh, the last two. I was with the at midnight team. So all the executive producers, um, you know, founder of Funny or Die Great. was there, um, and uh, uh, you know the, the executive producers of the show, a bunch of the Comedy Central brass. Um, immediately in front of me was Rashida Jones. Who I love. Oh, that's awesome. Who I love. And yeah. I, I chatted her up a little bit. Which is her better role? Ann Perkins. Parks and Rec. You think so? No question. I like her on both. Well, sure. Absolutely. I, I liked her on uh, on Parks and Rec better. I don't think The Office gave her enough time to develop. She became a good villainy kind of character toward the end of it, yeah? Yeah, and she came back a few times after she was off the regular cast when she got pregnant. Is it Jim's? Uh, it's not Jim's, <laughs> but I love that. But yeah, when she, when she went up to her uh, to her other and they tried to steal the, the, the printer. Utica. From Utica, Utica and then she was pregnant when she came back the next time. So a bit role, but I, her character in Park and Rec was great and very well developed. Um, and a nurse, and I'm married to a nurse. So, you know, how can you not love that? Well, um, the my, line, in the, Michael's line in, in the office is too good when he first meets her. And he's like, wow, you look so exotic. exotic was your dad a GI? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. But she was sitting in front of me. Um, she had uh, that's, that's, very thick frames. I chatted her up a little bit. That's celebrity royalty right there, right too. There. Um, yeah, I mean royalty. There was there was true royalty in in there. Uh, and then Quincy you know, Jones is celebrity royalty. Sure, say what you want. And then we went up, uh, went up to the stage. Um, we had nominations and back to back. We lost our first one to uh, um, John Oliver. So okay, okay, hey, if you're gonna lose to someone, Fair. John yeah. Oliver, not bad, solid. And then uh, we got our um, our win was immediately after that. So we all went out on stage, got our trophy. Chris Hardwick did his speech. I'm standing right next to him. Cool. Uh, we go in the back, do all the press stuff, photos, interviews, all that kind of stuff, and then Great. Um, and then basically walk out this door, and, and we're just like, "Where's our families? Where is everybody?" <laughs> right, right. You know, no one knew where to go, and so we, you know, the show's over. We meet up with everybody at the ball. Um, amazing dinner, amazing desserts, open bar. Um, I got to meet a bunch of different celebrities. My favorite, mm -hmm. Fred Willard. Really? Was well, you're a big... Yeah, awesome. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Because I love all the Christopher Guest films I love. Sure. Right? Best in Show, all of those. Yeah. Love them. And he's a, a huge part in all of them. And then just the, the, the roles that he plays are always just hilarious. Yeah, yeah he's a funny um, guy. And uh, so I went up to him... Um, he resembled somewhat of uh, how do you say he was kind of corpsey that night. It, there wasn't much going on. Uh, he looked a little. Uh, he 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 could have used a tan. Um, oh yeah. But we still talked. That's cool. And uh, then there's some great pictures of me walking around, double fisting drinks um, and double fisting Emmys at one point in oh, time, which is awesome. It's a and, shocker with the drinks. But, oh uh, oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, got absolutely shit hammered. Um, it was really funny because um, so later on that night, Chris Hardwick actually proposed to his fiance, now, up in the moment, now yeah. wife at the time, Lydia. <laughs> um, I guess he was going to do it either win, or, win, lose, or draw. No, you there's no draw. draw. There's no, no draw. draw. So yeah, he proposed, and we were just talking about it on the plane and everything like that. And it took Lori like forever. Like she like did a Google search and was just like, "Wait a minute, is this is this the girl? Yeah, that's that's Lydia. Is it, this is the girl I, w I was talking to all last night? Yeah." Da, da. She goes, "That's Patty Hearst's daughter." Yeah, I was like, "Yeah, yeah they're gonna get married at the castle." <laughs> You know that's the awesome. building that we went to that they said we couldn't go in 90% of the rooms? Yeah, the museum. They're going to yeah. go into those rooms. <laughs> They're going to own those rooms. So, yeah, it was it was it was it was a real cool night. Um so yeah, hobnobbing, got drunk, 
have some beautiful awards, some great memories, and um, thanks for the call, Liz. How about uh, her question? Uh, we've already had oh. uh, Andy Dick was on the show. Paulie Shore was on the show. Yeah. Um, Chris Hardwick. How do we get him on the show? Chris Hardwick is not coming on this show. <laughs> I'm just saying it. I met the guy. Nice guy. Yeah. Tiny little dude, though. He's my height. He's very small framed. Well, compared to you. Yeah, that's true. You're you're kind of a big guy. Yeah. No, you met him when we were doing the show in New York. Yeah. And yeah. I brought you back and gave you the old VIP treatment. Right. It was kind of nice. That it was, was fun. We have was, a picture of me and him somewhere. Uh, Yes, actually. Yeah. I, I saw that recently that, that, uh, that oh, came really? up at some point. Yeah, I don't know why. I definitely wasn't searching for pictures of you. <laughs> so. so, hey, uh, quick. I know we're going to wrap things up, but the... Speaking of celebrity, a uh, good friend of mine, uh, Johnny Krupinski, our friend down at Danbury. John is uh, a, a good friend I've known for a long time. He's always worked with hockey, and he's now the assistant coach of the new hockey team in Danbury. Very cool. And he I put, hate the name, though. Come yeah, on. Yeah, I know. Patrick's. Come yeah, on. I know. Little magicians. Come so, on. Uh, anyway, he was giving a little speech to the guys. Somebody recorded it. They put it on the interwebs, and it went viral. Ooh. It went so viral that he got a response from the president. Well, that's not hard to do, Twitter. And he was just, uh, as we're filming this, he was just recently on Fox on the National Morning Show. Um, this is the video. <laughs> is, is it just a Megan Rapinoe rant? Because <laughs> is, is, no. that's all they've been talking about all week. Well, he talks about her a little bit on the show when he goes on, but this is the video okay. that went viral. Give it a play. Hey, guys, listen up for a second. First day of camp. Something really important. Okay, we're not women's soccer. Oh, God. We're not the NFL. I don't want people watch those. If there's anybody here that's going to be disrespectful to either the American or the Canadian national anthem, grab your gear and get the fuck out now because you'll never see the ice in this arena. Boom. We don't have that problem in hockey. We're better than that. But there was no sense in wasting anybody's time if that shit was going to happen. Oh, okay. I don't believe it would happen here. Um, we're, the, we're the most patriotic sports that they have out there. <laughs> oh, okay. So just keep that in mind. Thank you. I don't know. I mean, I've watched some Hialeah, and that's some that's some pretty patriotic stuff. <laughs> let me tell you. So, look, I just I, I applaud him for his comments. He has every right to say every bit of yeah, what he said. I knew where that was going immediately once you of said course. that the president and and uh, uh, Fox News had him. Um, but yeah, he had every right to say what he wanted to say in the same way that anyone who's doing any kind of peaceful protest has uh, has has a right to say what they want to say. I don't agree that hockey is the most patriotic sport. That's just my belief, and he probably thinks <laughs> thinks otherwise, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah. But what I will say is this. He said, I, I saw that interview on Fox that he did, and the one thing he said that I appreciate is they said, what about people who, who do want to stand in protest to something? Uh-huh. And he said, the owner of our team would gladly offer them the bus to take it somewhere to do their protest, but you're on the clock. Uh-huh. When I do my job, I represent the business that that uh, that I'm there for. Uh-huh. When you're, I don't care if you're a celebrity, whoever you are, you're on the clock. It's game time. Uh-huh. You will respond the way the team wants you to do it, or like he said, pack your stuff and get out. Now, all that being said, nobody cares about the Danbury hat trick. Nope. You might as well be protesting in your living room. But they have they have their Any handful of, of season ticket holders and people who want to follow them. But it's like if there was a protest, no one would even know. So what what's what's even the point? Well apparently they would because this got millions of listens. People people heard this A, none of those views had anything to do with the Danbury hat tricks. And B, how do you know that the season ticket holders don't actually support uh, the opposite side? And see, why are we even talking politics <laughs> on this show? We're going to leave it in.
But it's not like us. No, it's not. We don't get political no, no. on the show. I, I want to talk this about... This isn't even political. Like, it's still getting into an area that I think that this show does a much better job of avoiding. No, I agree. I want to talk about things like this doctor who just got her doctorate and her legal name is Marijuana Pepsi. Like things like that <laughs> that I saw last week. Dr. Marijuana Pepsi, you know? Yeah, I hear you. Well, let's yeah. hold that for the next show. Yeah. Let's okay. talk about Marijuana Pepsi later on. That's what kind weird. of an amazing name is that? That's Come on! Why do you we were talking. We were talking about names. We were talking about silly kids' names. Like, what are you talking about, marijuana, marijuana. Pepsi? Come on, <laughs> that's her actual name. That's not her given name. That's her given her parents Christian named her name. Yes, marijuana Pepsi. Marijuana Pepsi. How high were they when they named their child? <laughs> I, 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 the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the Pepsi. Speaking if of which, last thing. I just had the most incredible cereal this past week. Oh, Post is now making. Uh, Nilla wafer banana pudding cereal. You had it. Banana pudding. You talked banana about pudding. that on the last show. You had it. Banana pudding. You got banana it. Banana pudding. I did. Oh, it's, and it's it's as good as it's really good. It just tastes like Nilla wafers. It tastes like Nilla wafers with banana flavor. Really? Yeah. It's worth a try. It's got like little marshmallows of banana flavoring in with. Little oh, they're tiny, marshmallow. They're like marshmallow banana flavoring with little tiny Nilla wafers. I have a I have a little aversion to marshmallow cereal. All right. They're not kosher. And when I was young... Neither is a cheeseburger, but you eat that. But hear me out. When I was young, my mother used to keep a kosher house. Okay. So the first several years of my life, inside that house, we kept kosher. Right. If I wanted Lucky Charms or if I wanted a McDonald's burger, right. I wasn't prohibited. But okay. my ass had to eat that outside. Ooh. Of plastic. Ooh. I couldn't use the, yeah. Wow. Because uh, we don't need to get into kosher law. Interesting. But, you know, okay. Burying plates. and you know, right. So I had to eat it outside. And one time I was enjoying. You my, have to bury the plate? My lucky. Tr- yeah. So if you, have, if you have a plate that is, you know, uh, let's say it's earmarked for being used on uh, non-meat. Okay. Right. It's kosher, non-meat. You can have your dairy. You can have your salads and vegetables on this one plate. If a piece of meat touches that or if something not kosher touches it, yeah. you bury the plate. Wow. Yeah. How you, many plates are buried in your yard at your mom's house? I don't think any. Really? She kept she kept it clean. She was sending my ass out to the porch to I eat can't Lucky believe, Charms. I can't believe you didn't go, ha ha, and throw a cheeseburger on there and just see what happens. No, I was, I was a good little boy. I didn't turn into a shithole until about 9 or 10. <laughs> and then, boy... Actually, she I, still could have buried some plates at nine or ten. Yeah, but you know, I I I I respected it. But then she tried okay. lobster for the first time and was like, "Fuck <laughs> that, kosher, no." I'm eating more of this lobster. That's good. And then you know, the chicken McNuggets started to pour, and I got really fat for a few years there. Yeah, that's well, when that's when Mr. Ball was born. Mr. Ball. Yeah. Poor yeah. Mr. Ball. Ah, poor Mr. Ball. All right. Well, Mr. Ball is gone for now. All right. Well, uh, who knows if he'll make a, re- a triumphant return in your sixties? Who knows? <laughs> I, I I wouldn't put it past me. My pancreatitis <laughs> might have an issue with you that. Never know. My pancreas might be like no more ball. Yeah. Maybe that's why I have pancreas issues because be. I was a perfect circle as a kid. Pancreas ballus. Is that it? <laughs> All right. <laughs> 